This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for your giving. We appreciate your, your faithfulness, your generosity. Amen. And listen, expect God to do something great in your finances in 2020. You, listen, we need it. Passion Church needs you to prosper. Amen. You know, I've had lack and I've had plenty. I like plenty better. Amen. Not just for my, not only for myself, certainly I do that, but I'm able to help other people. I'm up to, to, to uh, invest in the kingdom of God. And you know, all this month, that's what we've been talking about is uh, so will I. We're talking about missions, and today, I hope you brought your faith promise card with you. We're going to be taking those up in just a little, little bit later uh, after the message. But all this month, we're focusing on missions. Now, you know, there's things we want to do here. We, you know, we need new carpet in our building. We need to, to paint the sanctuary. We need to do some things in, in the children's areas and, and outside and all. But, you know, before we do that, we want to put God's heartbeat first. You know, we want to we we invest in what God's doing around the world. Really, that's what this series has been all about. And uh, this morning, we're talking about making a difference. So will I. If God so loved the world, so will I. And if God's love made a difference, so can ours. Isn't that right? Because the love that's in us as believers, that's God's love, isn't it? The Bible says God has shed abroad His love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So if the love of God in Jesus could make an impact to change history and destiny and eternity, our love, the love of God in us expressed, can also make an impact. Amen. I believe that. I believe when I pray, faith works by love. When we're praying for the lost, I'm telling you, that's God's love and God's faith in motion. That's why I have confidence. I don't look around and say, say, you know, because we got thousands or because we don't have thousands, we can do this or we can do that. Our God's with us. We're obeying Him, and because of that, we're well able to overcome. Amen? So will I make a difference. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Amen? That's pretty plain, isn't it? And then in Acts 1.8, he said this, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. You will be. Telling people about me everywhere. That's our job, isn't it? In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So really, we have a mandate to go into the world, don't we? And that's really what the church is all about, is going into all the world. Yes, we are to reveal the goodness of God in our life. We are to reveal truth in our life. We are to glorify God with our life through good works, through, through all the things that God's called us to do. But the bottom line is the church is still in the earth so that what? We can go tell people who don't know. We're to be witnesses, aren't we? We're to go into all the world. You know, Jesus started here with Jerusalem. Jerusalem really is about my family, isn't it? 
That's where we start. That's why we have these, these names down here, these families and neighbors and people that are in our circle, our oikos, as the Greek calls it, our household, those that are in our sphere of influence. And we're praying for them. And, and I trust that you also, as you have opportunity, you witness to them. We're believing for our household to be saved. That's our Jerusalem. That's where we're starting. Amen? We want our household to be saved. And that's really, that really is how we, we will grow here. This is how we will prosper here. This is how we will flourish here is that we reach our oikos, our family members first. That's the first place. Amen? I want my brothers and sisters to be saved. I want my, my aunts and uncles and grandparents. I want them in, don't you? I want my children and grandchildren. I want them in eternity with me. Amen? So that's why I love enough to pray. Amen? Listen, if you're not praying for your family members, then you need to go back and talk, to, spend some time with God. You need to let the love of God be stirred back up in your heart because I'm going to tell you what, the love of God compels us to pray for our loved ones, pray for those around us. I mean, that's the starting place. We ought to at least be praying. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Amen? Look, in, uh, look over Mark chapter 5 real quick. Mark chapter 5. Let me get over there to read a couple of scriptures here. About verse 18, we're going to read there. This is, I'll give you the background story. You know this. This is where Jesus had just rest, restored and delivered a demon-possessed man from the legion. Remember that? He was over among the tombs. And, you know, just a side note here. You know, when the devil... Is, is in control in an area in your life, you're living in the tombs. The place of death. The place of isolation, separation. The place of loneliness. So, you know, get out of the tombs. <laughs> Amen. If you, if you, there's an area there. So he had just delivered this man. Jesus was getting back into his boat. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people. Well, that's a good place to start. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Listen, somebody says, you know, I don't, I'm not a Bible teacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. I, I don't know how to do it. Listen, Jesus just gave us the best advice about how to witness. Just tell people what God's done for you. Man, they might argue with your theology, but they can't argue with your testimony. Once I was blind, and now I can see. I tell you, once I was an alcoholic, but now I'm free. Once I was a drug addict, but now I'm free. Once I used to hate people that were different from me, but now I love them. I mean, so tell them what God's done for you. That's what he told this man. Now, he wanted to go and be with Jesus. I understand that. Who wouldn't? I'd rather be in the boat with Jesus than just about anywhere I can think of. But Jesus said, not for you. He said, you go back and tell them how he's had mercy on you. Verse 20, so the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. If you will just share what Jesus has done for you. You don't have to embellish it. You don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be some, well, I just don't have as great a testimony as some people. I'm going to tell you what, you undervalue what God's done in your life. You need to, you need to go back again and remember what God's done for you. 
Maybe you didn't come out of drugs. Maybe you weren't an alcoholic. But I'm going to tell you what, nevertheless, sin had blackened your heart. God changed you. God delivered you. And it's only something that God could do. Just tell people that. And it says here, the people were amazed. You know what? You'll find out your family members will be amazed. Especially when you add to that, you know what? What he's done for me, he'll do for you. Maybe you need something different, but I'm telling you, we all need God's grace. We need God's power. We need God to do something in our lives that we cannot do for ourselves. So Jerusalem, he said, first in Jerusalem, then Samaria. You know, Samaria represents those who are different from us. You know, in in Jesus' day, the Jews wouldn't have anything to do with the Samaritans. They were a mixed breed, you know. So, you know, I mean, you know, they're not like us. I'm not going to have anything to do with them. And, you know, it's real easy for us to uh, reach out to, to those who are like us. But how about those who are different from us? Maybe a, a different culture, a different race, a different socioeconomic strata. Hello? Well, we got enough division in this country. Man, it's about time we start bringing some unity. Isn't that right? And I want to tell you, this is one way we can do that. The church can show them, this is what love is about. I can love you. No, I don't care whether you're white or, or brown or black or somewhere in between. What difference does that make? We're all the same on the inside. I'll tell you what, when you cut me and cut you, we all bleed the same. Amen. We all have the same desires for our family, don't we? We all have the same struggles. We all do. So, you know, anything that we see that, that we see is different from us, a lot of times it's just superficial. You get right down to it, and man, it's just like we're, we're the same. We have the same desires for our kids, for our grandkids. Isn't that right? And so, you know, Jesus, and you know this story, but let's look over there in John chapter 4. Jesus was on his way, and he had to go through Samaria. You know, sometimes God will lead you through Samaria. He will bring into your circle people who are very different from you. And they can even make you feel a bit uncomfortable. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Boy, I'm telling you, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah. I mean, these are, you know, we're not saying that you got to hang out with them and be their best friend. But here's the thing, you know, when I see that kind of rubbing me the wrong way, I know that's a good indication, you know what, my, that my flesh is acting up, but you know what, the love of God, I can draw on the love of God, and I can love these people. Because God's love is not about a feeling. Are you listening? It's about a doing. Amen. Agape love's about a doing. Human love's about a feeling. And, you know, we have different feelings based on people that are around us, whether they're like us or whether they have similar interests to us. That's easy to like those people, isn't it? But how about those people that are very different from us? You know, they got the potty mouth. You know what I mean by that. (laughs) You know, they're very different from us. You know, they think, you know, all church people are crazy. They're nuts. They're deluded. They might bring people, I mean, why is God bringing people by your path like that? Because they are really in the dark. They really need to hear. 
in John chapter 4, now you know the story. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead. You know, he, he was talking about, because we talked about this before in this series, about, you know, the woman. You know, she was at the well, and she was having a theological debate with Jesus. And, you know, here's the thing. People want to have a theological debate with you. Oh, yeah, all the time, you know, because it's easier to, to deflect, you know, from my need if I get in a theological debate. You know, if you can't, you know, if you can't prove to me that Jesus rose from the dead, if you can prove it to me, now, pastor, I'll believe. <laughs> See, I, I like what one brother said. A lot of people want Abraham's blessing with Thomas's faith. Thomas said, unless I can see and touch and feel, I will not believe. <laughs> so, you know, she had that debate. So Jesus began to tell her about her life supernaturally, about things that were going on in her life. And, you know, here's the thing. Let me just say this. You know, expect that as God brings these people in your life, that God will supernaturally enable you to witness to them. Not only tell them about your story, but he'll give you some insight about them. Because he wants to get their attention. Amen? Absolutely. And he did that with Jesus. So she told him. And so, he, you know, he, she went and began to tell other people. It says, and many of the Samaritans from that town believed on him because of the woman's testimony. This is one woman. And you know she probably didn't have, if you know anything about her the background that Jesus brought out, she probably didn't have the best reputation in town. Hello? Because Jesus said, you're living with a man you're not even married to. And you've had a whole bunch of different husbands. Come on. Man, I, I sure not. I don't want to be seen with them. Nobody just see me with somebody like that. God might tell you to, you know, buy them lunch. Show them some love. I ain't going to be seen with them because, you know, people who are different from us. But, you know, they were amazed. The disciples, you know, they went into the village to get something to eat. They came back, and they were absolutely shocked out of their culture. Their Jewish mind was blown because Jesus was talking to a woman by himself. That wasn't good in that culture. And secondly, she was a Samaritan. That was really not bad. And strike three was she was living with somebody she wasn't even married to. Three strikes, you're out. You ain't welcome in our church. Come on. I mean, that right? But Jesus, he saw something. He saw beyond all her faults, her failures, her hurts, her woundedness, and all that. You know, I wouldn't be a bit surprised just knowing society if she wasn't pretty much ostracized in her town. Wouldn't surprise me. I don't know that that's a fact, but it wouldn't surprise me with her background. But yet Jesus reached out to her. And his words and his love made such an impact on her. She went back and she began to tell the whole town. And look what the effect of her testimony had. It says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of her testimony, the woman's testimony. And here was her testimony. He told me everything I ever did. Well, he didn't tell her everything she ever did, did he? 
But he told her, he told her enough. Think about it. Now, that, that doesn't sound like this. That's not all that spectacular. I mean, she wasn't healed from leprosy. You know, her son wasn't raised from the dead. She, her, her ear, she wasn't deaf and her ears woke. She just said, here's a man that spoke into my life like nobody ever spoke before. He told me things nobody else could know. He saw the, the beyond the superficial and the surface, surface level of my life, and he spoke to, to where I'm really hurting, where I'm really needy. You never know when your testimony will do that. Even people different from you. So when, you know, people different from you, God brings them by your path, don't just immediately say, okay, I'm going to do this I mean, didn't we say greater is he that's in you? I know some Christians, they don't want to get around a sinner. They think they're going to backslide. Well, you need to strengthen your faith if you feel that way. You need to remind yourself about who's living in you. And then the world, those far from me. Those far from me. And you know, as we do our our faith promise uh, this month and today, we turn in our cards, you know, a lot of what we're investing in, it's, it's ministries that are here in this area, in prison and feeding, uh, uh, after-school programs and all in our area, but a lot of it's going to go to people that are far from us, in Thailand, in India, in Pakistan, in the Philippines, all different, uh, Africa, different places, people that you probably, this side of heaven will never see. But remember, Jesus said, start in Jerusalem. That's our family right here. Oikos, the Greek word. This is our family, our our circle of influence. He said, start in Jerusalem. He said, but don't stop there. He He said, go into Samaria, those who are different from you. Those that God will bring by that are different from you. But then he didn't even stop there. He said, go into all the world. Well, we can't all stop our jobs and go into all the world. God didn't call most of us to do that. But one way we can do that is by our giving and by our praying. You know, the wonderful thing about prayer is, is that when we pray, there is no distance. In the spirit realm, there's no distance. Now God, now God, because He's God, He expresses that perfectly because He is omnipresent. Location, location, no, there's no problem for God. God. God's everywhere in the universe at the same time. Location's not a problem. When we begin to pray, God is on the scene. And as we pray, God hears our prayers. The Holy Spirit takes those prayers, and He begins to move. He begins to move in Africa. He begins to move in India. He begins to move in Thailand. He begins to move in Tutwiler Prison. He begins to move in the schools, in our neighborhoods. He begins to move as we begin to pray. We go and we expand our circle. Family, those different from us, and those all around in the world. Isn't that what he said to do? Going to the world. And you know, uh, look, look at Mark 14. You know, I know sometimes we can look and we, we read those statements by Jesus where he said, go into all the world. And it can look daunting. I mean, what, 8 billion people in the world? 
at least half of them have not heard about Jesus. That can be pretty daunting, can it? So here's the thing. This is why I believe this is why Jesus gave us this pattern. Jerusalem, Samaria, and the world. We start where we can grasp better our situation. You know, I might not can relate to people in Pakistan, but I understand about people in my own family and circle that need, he, need to be saved, that need Jesus in their life. But here in this story, this incident, Jesus, <clears throat> in, in Mark 14, verse 8, you know the story, Jesus uh, was in the house. The woman came with the alabaster jar of expensive perfume. She broke the jar and poured it on his head. And of course, you know, all the religious people who didn't give a hoot about anybody but themselves got all uproar. And I found out, you know, usually in the church, it's always the religious people that get in an uproar. Because people who have the grace and the love of God, you know, even if they don't agree with something, you know, they're not quick to criticize. They're not quick to judge. They're not going to split, you know, fellowship with somebody over something that's, you know, it's not that important. But all the Pharisees, they were all upset because this woman had gone to excess. I just don't believe we have to go that far, brother. Well, God bless you. You know, what's extreme in worshiping God? Define that for me. What's extreme? Lifting our hands, is that extreme? Playing on the instruments, is that extreme? Shouting with a loud shout, is that extreme? Read over in Revelations. Some of you are going to be blown away in heaven. And, you know, they were talking about all this, and they rebuked her harshly. Verse 6, Jesus said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Wow, I like that. The poor you always have with me, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. Now, here's, the, here's where, this statement is where I want to go to. She did what she could. Sometimes we can look. The impact our life's making, and we measure that against the great need that's out there in the world. And man, I'm telling you, it can seem sometimes like, man, I'm not making a bit of difference. Man, I tell you. You know, and then, you know, if you dwell on that long, the devil will come along and confirm it. You're right. You know, you're not doing anything. You're not going to make it. But here's the thing. Listen, church, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen Let's, just like this woman here, let's do what we can. Don't get so caught up about what we can't do or how big the impact will be, but let's just start right here. What can we do? And this faith promise, that's all we're asking you. What can you do? What can we do? Well, I know this. I can pray. You know, when we're here on Monday nights at 7 o'clock, I know it's not convenient. If we had it on Sunday night, it wouldn't be convenient either. If we had it on Thursday night, I can't think of a convenient time after you've worked all day and you've dealt with people and you've dealt with that boss or that supervisor that's on your case all the time. Come on. You can't do nothing right in their eyes. 
You ever been there? I understand that. But what can we do? We can come pray. I can do that. You say, I don't know how to pray. Well, here's the way. Here's how you learn. You learn by doing. How'd you learn to ride a bicycle? You went and Googled it, right? You ever tried to Google how to ride a bicycle? (laughs) There's no manual on how to ride a bicycle. You get on the thing and you go. Don't you? And you fall over and you get back up. And you fall over and you get back up. But you know what? If you stay with it, you know what happens? You master that thing. Same way with praying. We can share some principles and some things about prayer. But I want to tell you how you learn to pray. You pray. You learn to pray by praying. Isn't that right? You read Paul's letters over there, and he wrote back to the, the people that, you know, where the churches were, they'd gotten saved under Paul's ministry, and they had a church going where they're in a home or wherever it was. And he just said, pray. He didn't, he didn't define it. He didn't tell them, this is how you do it. He just said, pray. He said, pray for us. Pray for one another. <laughs> just pray. That's it. So here's the thing. Do what we can. What can I do? I can pray. Isn't that right? I can pray. And you know, if you can't make it here on Mondays, then, then pray at home. Just something about, you know, it's kind of like getting in shape. Yeah, I'm t- winter. You know, getting in shape. It, you know, it's, it's, if, you're, if you're not in shape, now here's Brother Ray here. He can tell us. You know. if, when a person's not in shape, to try to do that on your own is a difficult thing for most people. Wouldn't you agree? I just, you know, now some people can do it, but most of us, we can't just say, you know what, I'm going I'm to go down to that gym and I'm going to, man, I'm going to get in shape. You know, and I start with the best of intentions. And I get up Monday morning and I make it, you know, my, I'm going to go three times a week. Wednesday, I get up. Well, you know, I, I, I'll get there Friday. You know, I, I do a couple of these, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just so easy. Or it's raining. Oh, my gosh, forget rain. I can't, I can't, you can't go to the gym when it rains, can you, brother? I, it's cold out. You don't go to the gym when it's cold out. <laughs> it's too hot out. You don't go to the gym when it's this hot. You know how it is. We're human, aren't we? We make the same thing about prayer. And that's why we have the Monday night prayer. It's something about, but if you can get somebody to go and get in shape with you, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? And you know, because, you know, you feel like, man, I tell you what, I sure don't want to go, but you know, Bob's going to be there looking for me. (laughs) Kathy's going to be there looking for me. I told him I'd go. Come on. Accountability, that's it, brother. That's the word right there. I like it. So we can, we can pray, we, and we already mentioned this, but, you know, we can witness as we have opportunity. Just as you have opportunity. You don't have to force anything. Just live your life, a Jesus life full of love, full of faith, full of purity, full of goodness. Just live your life there, and I guarantee you, you'll, you'll have opportunity to witness. And just, just seize every opportunity. If you're a shy person, get you some tracks. Pass them out. Come on. There's always a way. There's a way to do it. 
And then we can give, can't we? We can give. You say, I don't have that much. We'll start where she did what she could. That's, that's, our, that's our point right now. Do what you can. We're not asking you to do what you can't do. God's not asking you to do what you can't do. God's not asking you to somehow suddenly believe for a million dollars to be able to give. No. It might be 10, might be 20, might be whatever it is. Do what you can. And then start with what you have. Look over in John's Gospel, chapter 6. Start with what you have. We're talking about making a difference. How do I make a difference? You know, sometimes we, you know, especially when I was younger in the Lord, man, I, man, I wanted, you know, I wanted to jump out there and do something big. I wanted to change a nation. <laughs> you know, I'm still working on just getting myself changed. You know, but you know, you, you've got this, this big, and I, I think that's good. It's good that you've got a big vision, that your faith is stretching out there. But you know, Start with what you have. You know the story here, John 6, uh, in verse 5, it says, Jesus looked up, saw a great crowd coming toward him. And he said to Philip, he said, where shall we buy bread for all these people to eat? I mean, there were thousands and thousands of people here. And he asked Philip, he said, Philip, uh, he said, where, I mean, mean, you know, where where are you going to? How are we going to reach all these people? We're talking about reaching. How are we going to, how are we going to reach nations, Pastor Norris? How are we going to do that? I mean, how are we going to do that? That's, that I mean, he asked Philip an impossible situation. He said, Philip, how are we going to feed all these people? And I mean, you got to understand, hey, you know, you didn't have any 7-Elevens out there. No Waffle Houses. You know, none, none of that. They didn't have, you know, little Cracker Barrels around the corner. You got thousands of people out in the middle of nowhere. And Jesus says, how are we going to feed them, Philip? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Listen, God already knows what he's going to do in Pakistan and Africa and Thailand and Tibet and the Philippines and all those places. He already knows what he's going to do. He knows how they can be reached. But that still doesn't exclude the fact that he wants to get us in on what he's doing. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough food for each one to have a bite. A bite, you know a bite wouldn't be much, would it? Another of his disciples, Andrew, uh, Peter's brother, spoke up, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will that go among these thousands? Would go far, probably just start a fight. (laughs) Would it? Somebody be taking, be taking that little boy's lunch away from him because they're hungry out there. You get people hungry, I'm telling you. That veneer of civilization can move off real quick and people get hungry enough. Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now, you know the story. They, they went and they seated and, and it says... Uh, Jesus took the loaves, and he gave thanks. He blessed them and distributed them. And you know the story? Everybody got all they wanted, and they had baskets left over. But you know what? It all started with the seed of a boy's lunch. And you think, well, what, what, what can we do? We're, we're not a big, huge church. We, we don't have any millionaires in here, do we? No, Yet, 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 yet. 
But what I'm saying, you know, that's not the issue, is it? I mean, this little boy, I mean, that, that was, that really about all it was was a seed. That's all it was. But when the seed was put into Jesus' hands, and see, when we, we're given to missions, we're, we're doing our faith promise to missions, when we put something into the hands of Jesus and the blessing of God comes on it, it's amazing what God can accomplish with it. Touch multitudes. Change nations. Change cities. Reach families in prison. Twelve baskets were left over. Wow. God's supply. God always blesses my giving. And I'm going to tell you, especially when we give for others. You know, uh, you support Passion Church here in Montgomery, this campus, with your tithes and offerings, and, and that's so important and so appreciated. But, you know, you get some benefit back from that. At least I hope you do. <laughs> Thank you, honey. <laughs> but, you know, what we're asking you to do with the faith promise, you won't get any direct personal benefit from that. I mean, as far as receiving back ministry-wise or prayer-wise or anything, most of those people don't even know who you are. I mean, you could say Passion Church in Pakistan, they'd be like, okay. <laughs> Great, who's that? But God knows, doesn't He? And there's just something about that. When we give outside of ourselves... Look over in 2 Corinthians there real quickly. Chapter 8 to begin with, 2 Corinthians 8. God's blessing will be on our giving, which will multiply its impact in the lives of those who are receiving it. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians, get over there. I'm at 1 Corinthians. I knew that didn't look right. 2 Corinthians 8. <clears throat> Notice what he says here. He said, For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what one does not have. It's not the amount of your giving God's looking at. It's the heart attitude you're giving it with. God's not impressed with your large giving. Now, if you plan to give large, wonderful. But that's not what impresses God. If you don't have much to give, that's, you know, that doesn't impress God uh, the other way. That doesn't depress God. It's our willingness. It's our heart. It's the fact that we want to see others come to Jesus. We want to see people who have not heard the gospel hear the gospel. We want to see God's grace come alive in their heart. We want to see them delivered and healed. We want to see families come to God. We want to see nations come to God. We want to see prisoners' lives changed. We want to see a child after school not go hungry. And to know that because Jesus cares and the people that love Jesus care, they have food to eat. So God's blessing will be on your giving. Maybe, maybe you, you have a, a boy's lunch 
to give, so to speak, toward missions on a monthly basis, God will bless that. He will absolutely bless that. And now, God's blessing on what we give, but God's supply in response to my obedience. You're right there, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower. That's what this faith promise is about, is that we're believing, after prayer, we're believing that God has spoken to us that He will provide this seed for me on a weekly or a monthly basis for missions. Now listen, He said that God provides seed to the sower. If you'll have an attitude and a willingness of a sower, He'll provide the seed for you to sow. And whatever seed He provides is the seed that is sufficient for you. Just so that. He may provide some people with a large seed, some people with not so large a seed. Doesn't matter. We don't compare seeds. We do. All it is is about obedience. Obedience. And God will bless obedience. He said, He who provides seed for the sower and, and bread for your food will also supply and increase your store of seed. Wow. When you begin to sow what you have, the multiplication of the grace and blessing of God will come on your life. And he says that, that your seed, you'll, you'll have more seed to sow and more food to eat. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. The harvest of your righteousness, listen to me, Passion Church, will be all those lives that are changed and are saved both here locally and around the world because of your obedience. That's the harvest of your righteousness. The righteous person who's willing to share of what they have and give a portion of that and plant that into somebody, somebody else's lives that you will never see this side of heaven, that you will not get any direct personal benefit from it. God says that's, a, that's, that's the harvest of your righteousness. Wow, I'm telling you what. You get there, the Bible talks about we, we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Not about our salvation, but about what we did with our salvation. Amen? Amen. And I mean, you get up there and you're, you're thinking, well, you know, I didn't do much. I mean, I, 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 you know, I love my wife. I, I was a good provider or I was a good husband. I was a good wife. All of a sudden, Jesus starts telling you about all the souls that you want and everything. And you're thinking, when did I do that? He said, you remember that $25? That, remember that $50? Here's what, it, here's what it helped to produce with my blessing on it. I'm going to tell you what, now, it, uh, this is just my opinion, but, you know, I don't think anybody enjoyed that meal with those thousands of people any better than that little boy who gave the lunch. That's just my opinion, but I believe he, I believe he enjoyed that, that meal better than anybody. There's something about when we, we give a part of ourselves, you know, that the blessing is just so, so much deeper and richer. Amen? As Jesus said, it's more blessed to than to he said you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion boy that's I'm not there yet but that's where I want to be generous on every occasion amen and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God your faith promise your giving 
will enable the gospel to go out to people all around this world and people will be saved, people will be healed, people will be set free, marriages will be put together. And I'm telling you what, those people, they will lift their their voices and their hands in their homes, in their churches, under the trees out there where they worship, wherever they go, giving thanksgiving to God. And he said that thanksgiving to God is directly related to your generosity. Wow. I say that backwards. Wow. And then finally, making a difference is all about partnership and investment. Now, I know you say, well, that sounds like business terms. Well, it is a business term. And in a sense, God's kingdom is a business, isn't it? The biggest business in the world, the best business in the world. I mean, you think it's good to, to uh, you know, to invest in Apple or Google or Amazon. But boy, I'm telling you, as good as that is, nothing compared to investing in what God's doing. Thank you. In Philippians chapter 1, Paul says this. He said, he said, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He said, he said to the Philippians, he said, he said, I remember you with joy in my prayers because you have partnered with me. Well, he's writing, the, writing to them, so they obviously didn't go for every, to every town with Paul everywhere he went, did they? They were still back there in Philippi working their jobs, taking care of their family, paying the bills. Just doing what we would call daily living. But because of their generosity in giving to Paul's missions efforts, he said, you're partners. You're partners. Hallelujah. You're partners. Every soul that's saved, you're a partner. Every life that's changed, you're a partner. Every marriage that's put together, you're a partner. Every child that's fed in the name of Jesus, you're a partner. Jesus said, if you do it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. Woo! Mind feeding Jesus every day. That's not a burden. Then, you're right there in Philippians, look in chapter 4. Don't worry, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of closing. We're talking about, so will I make a difference. So will I make a difference. How we can do that. Philippians 4. Let's look in about verse 15 there. He said, uh, he said, Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia going to other places, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. Wow. Now think about it. Anybody, uh, boy, I love the epistle to the Ephesians. Anybody besides me like that epistle to the Ephesians? Boy, that's, it's rich, isn't it? I mean, you think about uh, what Paul wrote to those people. I mean, they, might, they had to be some pretty spiritual people. I mean, that's some deep stuff, isn't it? And they talk about that city of Ephesus was, was very affluent, was very rich, very cultured city for the day. I mean, it was a, one of the largest cities in the area. Great church there. But he didn't make any mention about them partnering. Did he? I said, did he? 
greatest church that is. But here's this church in Philippi. And he said, from the very first, he said, in giving and receiving, he said, for even when I was in Thessalonica, he was planting a church in another city. You sent to me aid more than once when I was in need. He said, not that I desire or covet your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. Now, what's he talking about there? More what be credited to your account? It must be the lives that were being reached through the ministry of the Apostle Paul with the gospel. Does that seem reasonable to you to interpret that that way? More to be credited to your account. I mean, God don't have drachmas up there. God don't have dollars up there. I'm very sorry to tell you, God's not an American. Now, don't, get, don't write me nasty notes about that. <laughs> hey, man, God loves America, but he's, he's transcendent. I mean, sometimes we, we think, you know, God's just like me. No, we're trying to be like him, right? He said, sent me aid. More than once when I was in need, not that I desire your gifts, but I desire more be credited to your account. I have received full payment and have more than enough. I'm amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice. Everybody say acceptable sacrifice. What we're asking you to do, this is a sacrifice. Whatever the size of your seed may be today, it's a sacrifice. Because you could do something else with that money. You could put it in a 401k. Amen. You could put it in your IRA. Or you could just take the family out to eat or something with it. There's all kinds of things you could do with it. So it's a sacrifice. But notice this. He said it is an acceptable, pleasing, fragrant offering to God. Wow. I said, wow. And you know what? Every week or month, depending on your pledge, that's what's happening. There, here goes, a, we, when we receive our missions offer, it's going to be what? A sweet-smelling aroma going up to God, accepted to pleasing to Him. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but boy, I'm telling you what. That gets my motor going. So working together... We know this, we can achieve more, can't we? So let your giving to missions be a seed sown to your own family salvation. You know, we're believing, you know, for the family members and we're playing, praying over them that are down here in, in this receptacle. We're praying for them. But, you know, you can let this seed that you're giving away from you, away from your family for the benefit of others, you can let it be a seed for your own family friend's salvation. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, He that watereth others will himself be watered. I like to say it this way, and I believe it's true. I believe it's biblical. That what we make happen for others, God will make happen for us. When I reach out beyond myself for the benefit of others, you praying for them, you're witnessing, you're giving, you're doing those things for all these other people, not for yourself. But I want to tell you what, God will make things happen for you too. You need your finances to increase. You need healing in your body. You need household salvation. For you. I'm telling you, no, you're not buying it. Are you listening to me? You're not buying it. But I want to tell you what, 
That little boy, they, they took up 12 baskets. I got a pretty good idea who got to take that home. So we're not talking about, no, you're not buying the blessing of God. But there's something about when you act in the love of God, which is selfless, to benefit and bless others. I'm going to tell you what. God's not going to let that go because He says in His descriptions, He's going to bless you. If God says He's going to bless you, then that's what I say. He's going to bless you. Amen? So what we make happen for others, God will make happen for us this morning. Amen? Now, we're going to receive our faith promise in just a few minutes. But if you're here this morning and if you don't have a card, if you didn't get one or you forgot and left yours home, uh, or if you, you haven't been here when we've been passing about and you would like one, we want to give you an opportunity Right now, the ushers are going to have some cards. If you need one, or, uh, for whatever reason, if you'll just lift your hand. If nobody has to lift their hand, then that's fine. There's one or two here. We want to give you an opportunity. And all we're saying is this. Just obey God. Like the woman, do what you can. Obey God. Whether the, the, the amount's small or large. Because... When we, we put it all together, the other two campuses are doing the same thing. And this is, this is going to be our mission budget. This is going to determine how big of a footprint Passion Church here locally and around the world will have. It's based on what God says to you, and, and then secondarily, it's based on your obedience. Amen? So we're going to give you a moment to do that. Do we have the video queued up and ready to show? We've got... Oh, you're pointing up here. Does that mean it's ready to go? All right, let's show the video. Uh, and then we're going to come right back.
Life is a mirror. And life gives us not what we want. Life gives us who we are. When you were born, you cried while the world rejoiced. Live your life in such a way that when you die, the world cries while you rejoice. Amen. The good news is every one of us can make a difference. When I take my small lunch and you take your small lunch and we put it together and God's blessing is on it, it becomes something big and large to impact and change lives. And that's really, just like the video said, that's what it's all about, isn't it? That's really what it's all about. So if you've got your cards there, the ushers are going to come right now uh, with, uh, and receive them. Are you going to pass the buckets or how are we going to do that? You're going to pass the buckets. Okay. Just put them in. What we want to do, we'll do this as quickly as we can. We, we want to get a tally up and kind of let you know how much uh, you have uh, promised with your faith promise towards missions this morning here at our campus. And then, of course... Once we get all the numbers together, we'll let you know what the total is. Our goal that we're believing for is $100,000 between the Passion campuses to make a difference in people's lives. I can't think of anything better that we could do. Isn't that right? You know, someone once said, you know, it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. You know, and, and sometimes, you know, we see people and it looks like their impact is like this giant spotlight. But when I look at myself, it's like it's this small candle. You know, it seems like it's shining just beyond my feet sometimes. But it's better that our small light shine than we just throw up our hands and say, I can't do something big. So I guess I won't do anything. So be encouraged. You know, the enemy always wants to condemn. He wants to tell you you can't, you shouldn't. Whatever it is that you're doing, anytime we're doing something for God. But what we do today, what you've just done, will make such a huge difference. I'm telling you, it will be awesome. Can we, do we have on, uh, uh, can we play our, that clip of So Will I in the background while they're tallying that up? I don't know how long it'll take them, but it'll take them a couple of minutes. You'd probably rather hear that and hear me keep talking. Can we do that, guys, back there? I'm throwing them a curve because I didn't ask them to do this. Is that a yes? Okay. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.